Let's get ready to roll. Lead Like a Lady features amazing women at the top of their game who know what it's like to be the only woman in the room. They're here to share their stories, inspire greatness, and provide advice to all the women coming up behind them. Now, here's your host, Army veteran and retired FBI assistant special agent in charge, Gina L. Osborne. Welcome to Lead Like a Lady. I'm your host, Gina L. Osborne. What I love about this podcast is sharing my unique set of friends with you as a source of inspiration. I've had the opportunity to meet many fascinating people on my road less traveled, and today's guest is one of them. Stephanie Malik owns S. Malik Enterprises. She's a business consultant and a transformation coach. But what's interesting about Stephanie is she offers a crisis management practice. Stephanie is a problem solver of epic magnitude. She's a fixer. You find yourself in the middle of a catastrophe, whether in business or in your personal life. And Stephanie, with her cadre of attorneys and business consultants, come in for the rescue. If I've learned anything from Stephanie, it's to appreciate the skills I am gifted, be resilient, and to give before I take. Oh, and to stay out of trouble. Now buckle your seatbelts and prepare to be inspired. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you, Gina. Thanks for having me. Stephanie, you are a crisis expert and business consultant. And the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because you have probably one of the most unique positions that I know. What does a crisis expert do? That's a great question, Gina. A crisis expert really is situational for what each client needs. We have done everything from very significant things such as uh, money laundering to tax evasion to bid rigging, bribery, um, as well as helped in high-level divorces for um, athletes or celebrities or high-wealth individuals that maybe don't want to go the normal route of going through attorneys or a mediation process. It really depends on what our clients are looking for and what they need. And then we assist our group of attorneys in getting them their very best resolution in the shortest amount of time. So you probably hate this, but you're a real life Olivia Pope. (laughs) I would be lying if I said I didn't hear that quite often. So yes, I have definitely heard that several times before, and it is quite similar. You can't just hang up a shingle and say, I'm going to be a crisis expert. You have had a long and illustrious career in business. Can you tell us how you got to where you are right now? I think the best way to describe it is I started out at at pretty, I don't want to say low level, but I want to say entry level sales positions, business development through channels. Um, I was lucky enough to start my professional career in Silicon Valley And recently through COVID, Gina, I've been able to connect with several people who were intricately involved at the beginning of my career. One thing that has come to light for me that made me feel really good was every CEO, every CIO, every board member, every partner that I have been trying to reconnect with over the last year that, that COVID's kind of been around. They said, Stephanie, there's no job that you wouldn't do. You came in and you just started. If there was dishes in the in the break room, you would wash them. If there was something on the floor, you would sweep. 
even into VP positions, you know, I would still call everybody and say, hey, I'm on my way into the office. Can I get anybody coffee or does anybody need anything? And I think it was my willing attitude of just being able to learn every single thing I possibly could to make the company or our teams run better. So I started out in in entry-level sales positions, business development positions, and then I worked my way up. I would like to say I worked my way up out of merit, but I actually worked my way up because of attrition. You know, I, I wasn't proud to say that for a really long time, but I remember one of my bosses telling me, it doesn't matter why or how you got there. It really matters on how long you stayed and the difference that you made. And I really tried to leave the companies or leave the teams so much better than I found them. And so I did this for a long time, carrying many different positions, director and VP titles throughout Silicon Valley with companies that were either getting ready to go public or had just gone public or that were just getting ready to have some sort of buyout or M&A. And I built up my network of very strong individuals around me. And in 2002, I was a single mom and I decided that I wanted to spend more time with my daughter. And I decided to start my own consulting firm. And I started my own consulting firm with a $1,500 loan from my CPA and my laptop and my cell phone. And I started really tapping the people that had been so gravely important in my life and giving them what my quote unquote vision was for a new type of consulting firm. And everybody really seemed to appreciate it and like it. But as you know, Gina, that still doesn't make a business flourish or sustainable. And fortunately, I was able to actually do it for almost 16 years. We grew the company to 22 countries. We had name brand clients throughout our entire history. The company's still going strong today. And it was a management consulting firm that specialized around business transformation, business design and architecture. And we did a really, really good job until I was able to depart, still remaining chairman of the board, but I left late uh, 2017. That wasn't an easy decision. You essentially left to follow your passion. I was scared to stay at my current position because even though I had founded and funded my consulting firm, I had lost a deep passion for what I had set out to do. I felt like I had already met the goal. But as Gina, I mean, as you know, you know, I have, I have children and I have a husband and I have, you know, a disabled brother and I had a lot of responsibilities. You just can't go out and find your passion and leave one thing and go to the next thing. You have to be responsible in, in what you're doing. And so I was, I was scared to stay more than I was scared to go. I was scared because I didn't know how to market it. I didn't know how would I, what, what was I, what was I doing? Like, I just can't go out and say, Hey, does anybody need a junior Olivia Pope? <laughs> I had to, I had to actually, I had to put some bullet points behind that and some, and, and the other thing, Gina is, is I had to, I had to put some bullet points around that, but I also had to put some credentials around that. Like, how do you go from, you know, being the CEO of a global consulting firm to going and fixing CEOs, CIOs, you know, athletes, celebrities, high, high wealth. How, how do you go to fixing their very, very large strategic problems and not have a air quotes here track record of doing so? Oh, oh, by the way, by the way, doing so and then 
not being a communication firm and telling everybody that that's what you're doing. So I had a, a big giant road. A road you had to take. Yeah. I mean, that that's really, yeah, that, and that's really what it was. Like, like Gina, I, I really know what that was. Like I sat in my car and I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm really going to do this. And I remember reaching into the glove compartment and, you know, the salesperson, the consummate salesperson, you know, I remember doing the Benjamin Franklin thing, you know, pros and cons down each side of my paper on, on, I think my car registration and I, I couldn't bear staying. And, and, and by the way, I shouldn't say I couldn't bear staying. My executive team at my consulting firm, they are so good. They are top notch. I didn't feel like I was adding anything to the party anymore. I felt like they really had it and they were growing so much and the clients were so happy with them. If anything, I was just a hindrance. So I had to go. I had to go. I had to go for them and I had to go for me. And um, this has just turned out to be you know, just, just an exceptional and, and, and amazing um, new firm filled with just so much potential. You're not a PR or a communications firm. You don't use the media as a tool to help your clients through difficult times. The problems you deal with go on behind the scenes and more than likely we'll never even hear about them. Yes. In the 36 crisis clients that we've had Gina, in the last four years that SME has been in business, in the last four years, 36 clients, only one has ever made it to media. And over 25 of them are household names that anybody would know. And I really pride myself on keeping their matters as private as possible and solving it to the very best of my ability. That's amazing. Is problem solving hard for you or was it just something that came easy to you based on the background that you had endured? Uh, I didn't have the the best upbringing in childhood. My mom suffered from a very significant mental illness and it was very uh, difficult growing up with her and, and trying to maintain some sort of semblance for my younger brother. My father drowned when I was very young and I don't remember him. And, and, and when I was 15, I decided kind of enough was enough and I got emancipated and I left home for good when I was 15 and a half. You just become very, very resourceful, Gina. It's just you. There, there's no one else. There's no net, if you will. There's no protective mechanism that you can pull. There's no levers. It's just you. It took a long time. It took a, a long time and it took a lot of truth and authenticity to, to get me to um, where I am today. And it's actually interesting because a few months ago I was interviewed from somebody who is a very senior level person who, who's very important to me. And he said something to me that, that really, I don't think I'll ever forget it. He said, you're probably one of the best problem solvers with the least amount of formal education. And he said, I just want to look at you and have you look back at me and tell me how. And I told him, I said, to be completely transparent with you, I have grappled with this for 10, 15, 20 years on how can I make this a better story or how can I make this prettier? Or how can I make this more digestible or, or into a smaller soundbite? And I don't know how I know how to solve these problems as strategically as I do. I don't know how. I just know that I do it and I do it very effectively. 
But you got through all that and you turned your business into a successful company. So congratulations for that. What do you tell people who have a dream and they want to make it into a reality, but they have something that's standing in their way? You're going to have all of those things. I mean, I I had all of those things. We could do a whole entire podcast of all the things that happened to me before I was 18. You know, I mean, I, I was homeless. I slept on a couch of people I barely knew. There were so many times where I remember getting gifted a, a box of C's candy for Valentine's Day. And, and I remember eating one of those candies like every single day. And that was pretty much that and, and a little top ramen. And every once in a while when a friend would invite me to a happy hour, you know, where they have the free food. Or, I mean, there were, there, were, there were tons of times like that. That, that wasn't an anomaly. That wasn't, oh, that happened for me once. That happened for me a lot. And, and it wasn't so much that, that I had this great strategic vision or this plan, Gina. That would be just completely BS. That's not true. I just didn't have a choice. My choice was lay down and die, marry someone I don't love, do something you know highly illegal that, that probably wouldn't have worked out for me anyway because I wasn't that good of a scam artist. It wasn't oh, I'm going to be this CEO. It wasn't. My passion was my daughter. My passion was I'm working 80 hours a week and my daughter is sleeping underneath my desk. That's not okay. I don't want to do that. So what can I do to spend more time with her? What can I do to be a better mother? What can I do to be more of an influence and more impactful for her? Everything was always caused by something else. Cause and effect is so real and so true. What I would say to anybody listening is figure out your cause. What do you, what do you want to do and, and why do you want to do it? And then just take those steps. And, and you know, the other thing, Gina, tell everyone, tell every single person that you talk to, every single person that you talk to go, Hey, you know, I was, I was hoping to do this and you're going to hear people go, Oh, wow. Great idea. And you're going to hear people go, Oh gosh, why would you ever do something so stupid? It's so overplayed or there's so many people that are doing it. And take that feedback too. take that feedback and go, hey, how can I be just a little, a little different? One of my really, really, really good friends just, and I actually collaborate with him a ton. One of my really good friends just wrote a book and it's, it's such a good book on leadership. I remember reading it and it said three degrees. So people start to start to do these like massive paradigm shifts and it's not a paradigm shift. It's a tiny little change, a little tweak that can get you going in a completely different direction. And he said it best. He said, you know, if you're thinking about like a ship, just think if you get just a tiny bit, a tiny bit off course, 3%, you can end up in a whole other country. And so when I read his book, I, I, that, that really resonated with me hugely on what small shifts can I make right this minute when I read Lead with No Fear and I went through it, I did the workbook for it. It changed even the leader that I was, even being such a strong leader. It made me think, not such drastic shifts, Stephanie, smaller shifts. Smaller shifts are okay and they get you, they get you going where you need to be. That is great advice. One thing I immediately noticed about you, Miss Stephanie, when we met is how generous you are with your time and your gifts. Yeah, always. I do everything ratios. Okay. So I always believed in the one and four ratio. Like I want to give you four or five things before I ask for anything. 
because I, I want to be of value to you, to your organization. I want to be top of mind. Even, even, you know, Gina, it's crazy. Even like sometimes the clients that I've had in the past, um, even they even reach out to me now. It's, it's, it's very funny. They'll reach out to me now and they'll go, you know, Hey, Stephanie, um, who do I use for a jet broker? Or, Hey, I need a, um, you know, a, a, a custom car, you know, who do I go to for this? Or, Hey, I want to purchase a home in Singapore, but I can't figure out the insurance, um, the insurance aspect of things. Who do you know? And, and so I really, you know, jokingly, they're like, you know, just a professional networker because I always can connect somebody to somebody else, but I always want to add value to wherever I go, because I think if not, you just end up being like so many people where they just, where they just take and they don't, they don't add value. And I just never want to be labeled that way. Well, what I'd like to point out is you have become tremendously successful based on your intuition, your problem solving skills, your networking, your communication, and all of these are feminine skill sets. You know, when it comes to leadership, we see these more as you know, the, the skill sets that women have. So that's what I love is the fact that you are so authentic to who you are and you've based your success on that. Yeah. And that's actually a really good point, Gina. And I'd like to talk about that for just a second. That used to be when I was younger, because I started out very, very, very young, that, that used to be something I, I actually hid uh, and, and I wasn't necessarily proud of because I needed to be able to graph it or chart it or do a PowerPoint around explaining how we got you know, almost like a business case for every scenario. As I got older and as I, as I grew more comfortable in not only who I was, but who I was evolving to be, I would actually start saying that. I would just actually start saying, yeah, maybe, I, I don't really know, maybe women's intuition. I would actually be very honorable to my female characteristics. I've had clients go through absolute, complete, utter hell, and I will walk over and I will give them a giant, genuine hug. I will take something from my purse and I will wipe their tears and I will say, you know what, we're going to get through this. You have the absolute best team. I will show them compassion and I will show them empathy and I will show them honor for whatever they're going through. And I used to be more afraid to show that. And now it's such a huge part of who I am. That empathetic connection that you have with people, empathizing and, and seeing their truth and trying to figure out the best way to, to make them whole again or get them to believe that they're able to be whole again, it's, it's everything of who I am. So I no longer hide the intuition or the, the compassion or the empathy. I actually praise it daily. That is awesome. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm sure you're going to help a lot of people with your advice and inspiration. Thank you so much, Gina, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on Lead Like a Lady. If you enjoyed this episode and are feeling inspired, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite listening platform. Lead Like a Lady with Gina L. Osborne is produced and edited by Lisa Osborne. Theme music is Leading Lady by retired IRS criminal investigation attache Clarissa Balmaceda featuring Alex Castillo. 
Find us on social media through GinaLOsborne.com slash leadlikealady. And don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Lead Like a Lady with Gina L. Osborne wherever you get your podcasts.